welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Band Chats. If you haven't already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button, leave us a review, and yeah, thank you guys so much for coming back week after week after week, and uh, yeah, it's been great, and I've had a lot of fun doing this. It's kind of blown up. We've had some great guests, and it's been a blast. On this episode of Coffee and Band Chats, we chat with Kathy Pruitt. Kathy Pruitt is an ex-gravity racer that's raced world championships, national championships, and so much more. Kathy is now working side-by-side -side with Canyon to do some of the biggest gravel races the country has to offer, and she's got a ton of adventures on the docket for 2021. So let's dive in, let's listen, and let's hear what Kathy has to say going into 2021. This episode is sponsored by Bike Hardcore. I'm tired of seeing you guys go around with dirty bikes. You guys got to step your game up. And the best way to do that is going to bikehardcore.com and getting some cleaning supplies today. Bike Hardcore has recently just released their holiday bundle package, which will give you some whip wipe as well as give you some chain butter and all in a Christmas format along with that one ounce bottle of chain butter that you can take along with you on the ride so you don't have to have a squeaky chain on that ride. So all you need to do is go to www.bikehardcore.com and use code CROOM at checkout to get 10% off your order. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats. I'm sitting here with, I like to think of Downhill Legend, but now she's riding above eight hours and doing these crazy gravel rides. It's Kathy Pruitt. How you doing, dude? Um, hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Um, really excited to just chat about bikes and who knows what stuff. else with you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, yeah. So I saw one of the videos that really like kind of made me latch onto you and like get really excited about you was the video that you did with Peter Setna. Okay. So let's like, let's dive into that. Um, the funnest known time. Like, how did that all come about? Because he was on the podcast a little bit too. He kind of released some details about it. So yeah, how did that all kind of come about and how was it? Yeah, that's um, a pretty fun memory. I got linked up for the FKT challenge here in San Diego because I live in San Diego. I like gravel bikes. He yeah. knows I know a lot of routes. Um, my relationship with Canyon, which is also his bike sponsor, and my availability which was like heck yeah well let's go ride for six seven hours and do some filming and um i met him when i was working at canyon uh behind a desk and um we kept in touch just because he used to race a world tour and you know i raced world cup so we're like oh it's crazy oh you travel with bikes and airplanes and just you know having that in common and then he's like hey would you be interested in like figuring out a route um that people could do that has like a water stop that has like single track that has like something that people can do that's fun i'm like okay so i need to find a route that has slides or 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 swings and water yeah. i'm like how am i going to find all this in san diego it's like yeah desert there's a fair amount of traffic and the main routes i normally take people might already know which is belgium waffle ride uh, route. So I was like, okay, I got to do something different. And um, a friend of mine here that's part of a local club called Career, it, they um, are pretty good about finding new routes just because it's like, you know, you can't ride the same stuff all the time. So yeah. she was able to send me a little link of like, hey, have you tried this variation? And so I went and pre-wrote it um, one day and I'm like, oh, this is going to be perfect. <laughs> There's even a water stop. 
Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and so um, Pete, Pete showed up with his crew and filmers and it was really fun to just, you know, not be in a race, but just be able to show someone a route and get to ride with somebody else that's probably going to appreciate it. Yeah. And be part of this like new, how do we market ourselves without being at races and without really being able to travel? Like, yeah. okay, this is like a, a new thing we have to do. Um, and I felt super stoked that um, I had a chance to kind of like be part of this new, how do we market ourselves with all these new ideas that we come up with where people can ride separately um, for these challenges. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, no that's, so that, that's dope. And, and I mean, like, so coming from your background, I mean, you, you, you're a national champion downhill rider. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> and, I, uh, I was going to say, I did win a world championships, but it was when I was a junior. So sometimes people don't count that. <laughs> Why? Well, I, I was searching for that stuff. And no, that's, I would count that. I mean, that's pretty legit. But I was, one of the articles that I, I got really excited about that I saw, you broke your hand, I think, at a World Cup, and then you Velcroed your hand to the handlebar and rode the next day. I so did. Uh, yeah. How, how do you go from, and I mean, I guess it, it kind of makes it a lot easier to have that conversation of suffering on a, in, on a duration level, but like, what's the process from you training downhill to now being gravel esque kind of style of racing? I think of it as trying to phrase this right an evolution um yeah it because of the way that i grew up was on a motorcycle uh racing riding became a mountain biker that found something as close as possible to what i like doing yeah without a motor and then wasn't really ever interested in pedaling for a long periods of time it just seemed so boring and the bikes didn't look fun and I think as I got older, I was like, oh, well, I'm not really racing downhill anymore. And I like exercising. And now I work for a company that has road bikes and gravel bikes. Like, and I live in Southern California now. This was a year and a half ago. I'm like, yeah. okay, I guess what I'm going to do now is ride road bikes like everybody does around here because I'm not going to drive two hours to ride mountain bike trails. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. No, well, it's just like, well, it's nuts to think about like the process of you going, okay, you know, I do this downhill stuff, you know, and you don't, you hear about these world tour guys coming over and the, and the crossover is pretty easy, right? Like they spend all the time on the bike. Now it's just something else for them to do. You did downhill. And I mean, it's probably some gnarly shit. If you're breaking your hand, <laughs> Velcroing it and then doing it the next day. Like, I feel yeah. like this is an actual yeah. kind of style of retirement for eight hours. You know what I mean? You're just cruising, enjoying versus, you know, just getting rowdy all the time. Uh, I mean, okay, here's the thing. I, I totally understand that people have this perception that, that gravity racers are extreme and yeah. that we don't have a lot of mental toughness when it comes to like physical uh, I would say like challenges, like being on your bike a long time, stuff like that. But that doesn't mean everybody's like that. <laughs> no, for sure. Well, and I don't think any, I don't think all the all the downhill people are like that either, though. So have that super clear. Yeah. Actually, there's one person who I've been noticing lately that's back in the news a little bit. Um, 
who's a super well-known gravity racer and I think an Olympic BMX, maybe even medalist, Jared Graves. Okay. Um, there's people listening to this podcast might remember his name. He's still riding for Yeti, but he, uh, he got really sick and fought through disease and then had some issues with questionable, I don't know what he was using to get better. So got a little bit in trouble with UCI. Um, so he's been road racing now in Australia doing really good. Uh, and like for anyone who knows him, you'd be like, well, that's crazy. I never would have thought he'd do that, but it makes me really happy. So I'm like, I'm not the only one Yeah, that's like coming from over here and now doing this. And honestly, if you were to talk to me 10 years ago, I never would have thought that I was going to race over a hundred miles, let alone like trying to win in a pro field. So is that your goal now? Like, honestly, because like, I feel like some people are coming into, um, into gravel with an open mind, like, like a lot of the pros, like, you know, I race world cups on the track. Like I was on the national team okay. the track. Like that was, that was kind of my forte Dang. and like winning was my thing when it comes to gravel. Like if I can get across the line at 200 miles, you know, in the top 30, if I can sit with the front group for a little while, I'm good. I'm a big dude. There's no chances of me doing the Belgian waffle ride and finishing with Keegan or Peter Stetton or any of those guys. But if I can get through it, I'm all good. So is that like kind of your goal is like to finish or are you like, are you kind of like Pete where it's like, no, I'm not done yet. Like I have some, I have some stuff. Yeah. Um, I, now that I've realized what I'm capable of with barely touching the surface of, I think I started road riding last November. Um, literally like consistently. Yeah. And then I got a coach from CTS, I think in March. Uh, I mean, that's not even a full year of training. Yeah. <laughs> and if I'm already like competing at a top level and um, feeling as good as I do, I feel like I owe it to myself to see where I can take it. No, that's cool. um, because it's, it's pretty much like now or never, you, you're yeah. not going to get another chance to be in this position at this time and have these opportunities. So I honestly, I have nothing to be afraid of, uh, like literally and figuratively, um, like downhill racing, I was afraid (laughs) of of some of the course of some of the courses and all the prep would go into like the mental prep preparation to not let myself be afraid. I feel like there's a lot, is there a lot of strength training? With downhill racing? Yeah. I mean, you're just like, I mean, I feel like there'd be a big, um, big that'd be a big component of it like even if you're not pedaling all the time i i never was really a big fan of strength training i probably should have done more but i was always like uh i thought i was bigger than i was (laughs) i would get on the podium with people and and see photos and realize i'm not like the big downhill person i thought that i was um but one of my strengths with racing was that i was so agile and i I could pretty much out pedal anybody even when you're like barely hanging on. So when you add more weight, you run the risk of being a little more like sluggish, mm. um, not as agile, nimble. And so I just never really put on muscle when I weight trained in my upper body, which is where you really want it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. And maybe that's a foretelling of what I'm doing now. Maybe I really should have been an endurance athlete in my twenties. <laughs> maybe yeah you would have been a world you know world junior world champion on the road or something i don't know yeah who knows i (laughs) i had no i I, you know i lived in colorado springs for a while and i was around the olympic training center there 
And I just always was like, man, these people are like so extreme. And now it's like, you know, 15, 20 years later, I'm like, what am I? All right, here we go again. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, so what is, what does 2021 look like for you? I know you've already done the Belgian waffle ride, but like I see Amity, like I'm, I'm watching all these Canyon athletes and, and there's potential, like you're, you know, you're going to be a full-time Canyon athlete, you know, next year. Um, and it seems like those athletes are doing cool things. Like you got the vegan cyclist, you have Pete Stetna, Amity Rockwell. I mean, Lionel Sanders, you know, triathlete, like super cool athletes. So how are you going to fit in and do so? Like, are you, you got any cool plans, things kind of laid out in attempts for next year? Definitely. Um, I think if anyone has been following me on social media or Canyon's social media, they've seen some of the fun just travel videos yeah. and race related um, like content before the event um, that uh, my boyfriend Rob and I have been making mm -hmm. and putting out there. And it's been really fun to provide this like on the scenes content to Canyon or, you know, to like Jiro or somebody like that who's like, really hungry to get more personality out there for people yeah. and i think that one of the main things that canyon is doing really good is that they've realized like yeah yeah there's no racing but it doesn't mean this doesn't stop you know like the train sure. doesn't stop and we have people that have personalities like let's do something with that um because anybody nowadays realizes if you're an athlete you, you're more than just a performer yeah. You know, you've, you've got to figure out how to reach your people, tell your story. You have to be pretty intelligent to figure out like how to even come up with a plan to do that. Yeah. Like where are you going to go? What time of day? How long? What's the point of the video? <laughs> yeah. You almost um, have to create who, like these storyboards and scripts and it's, it becomes a headache. Six yeah, different so, cameras, uh, GoPros, all kinds of stuff. Exactly. Um, and because of my obvious close relationship with my boyfriend, Rob, we've been able to do a lot of this stuff very quickly and efficiently and fun because we're both comfortable working together. And um, it's been a super awesome dynamic that we're going to continue working on through the next year and beyond um, simply because there's a lot of uh, companies that just don't have the time to make this or they aren't going to sit there and think of a plan or they're not actually there like yeah. in Idaho, you know, at, a rad trail filming it they're just they're just not going to be there so um yeah to what you said canyon is really supportive of if you want to do stuff go do it we'll repost it we're going to help you come up with ideas we're going to spend some money on whatever we need to do to figure it out and um i guess the point is is that uh i'm really happy to be working with them moving forward because they're happy yeah. with what i'm doing and um even if if races continue to get pushed back or even canceled, I feel like there's a backup plan to still do something cool. <laughs> yeah, no, well, it seems like like the industry's doing okay. I think I don't really know. I don't I don't really look at the industry's books or anything. But right. uh, like Scott bicycles sold out of bikes, and now they're taking pre-orders for 2022, and then like Canyon pretty much sold out like it's it's unreal and so you know and you have like guys like pete who are in the world tour or even like ted king like these guys who were in the world tour who are now 
they want to keep that dream alive. They want to keep the bike yeah. racing dream alive. And yeah. uh, they're putting out amazing content. And uh, so what's, what's some stuff on the docket that you kind of have planned? It's like, there's like a, anything you can talk about? Like, is there an FKT attempt at White Rim or is there anything crazy that you kind of have on the docket? That's so funny. You just brought that up. I know there's been a lot of talk about the FKT and the White Rim lately. Yeah. And um, not saying I'm going to necessarily go for that one, but I am looking at that one. Yeah. Um, well, I was wondering since it's been possibly raining, if the sand might be more packed down. So we'll see if I decide to do that or not. I don't know, yeah. but I am looking at all kinds of stuff. I mean, I mean, even maybe like multi-day stuff. Yeah. I mean, oh, really? there's the, 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 the sky's the limit. And I feel like people love a good story and I love a good challenge. So it's kind of like how I decided that I would Everest uh, last May for this children's cancer foundation. Yeah and help raise money. It worked really well to help raise the money, but then I was terrified that I actually now had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because at that point, I mean, sure, I'll go summit Palomar Mountain anytime, but then to do it seven times, you're like, hmm. Yeah. Maybe I bit like, you know, cut off more cake than I can eat this time. But yeah. again, I think that means that you pick a good challenge when you like think, oh shoot, I don't know if I can do it. It's like that's the whole thing that's inspiring right about a, a sports is you inspire the people because they're just like they're seeing that it's not easy for you or maybe it is easier it's just it's like real drama yeah happening and just like in just front like of playing you. out yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and i see you know i see what pete's doing and you know i was really stoked that amity was part of that uh and if I do go there, it'd be mainly just because it's like, well, we're all playing this game now of like QOMs, KOMs and FKTs and like, you know, but it's, it's a bit funny cause it's like, well, now we got to get the Canyon back on both steps over there. Yeah. Well, she said the, <laughs> the coolest thing ever is like, and I don't know if it was just kind of played up. Like she just happened to say the right words because the, the I guess the FKT had fallen before the video came out. Um, but like, it was so inspiring to hear pretty much be like, I want somebody, I hope this inspires somebody to come beat it. Just, I hope it just inspires somebody to come take it. Like that's what, that's what records are meant for. And that's what this is meant for. And that's, that's what I love about cycling. That's what I like. Like, it's cool to have a national record. It's cool to have a record, but that's what I want to see. And so it was kind of cool to see that. And even, I feel like Pete's kind of the same way, like as competitive as he is, he wants to beat Keegan but he wants Keegan yeah. to come back out there and beat it again, or he wants somebody else to come out yep. there and beat it again. And well, so let me tell you this on this note. You, you made me think of something. Yeah. How, how uninspiring is it to see the same team win every year, or the <sighs> same person win every race? Uh, yeah. It's really cool for that person, but it's not, it, it honestly probably doesn't feel that great for that person either after like maybe the fifth time. You know, well, that's time. why, well, that's why competition. I think, yeah, that's why I think gravel racing is so cool. Like, because every race, every condition kind of flips its way. Um, but like, I mean, crit racing got boring after a while with like UHC, you know, and, and you just like, you go down the list of these pro teams that would just come in wreck house and they would go like one, two, three. And it was just like, yeah, oh, this yeah. is about to happen again. Like it was honestly more interesting to watch a local race. 
And how interesting is it too that like if we're gonna just narrow down on one specific part of cycling with gravel racing, yeah. how interesting is it that we have um, so many different disciplines that are now just coming into this sport to see like um, if it works with their background, For you sure. know? Because we're all kind of trying to figure this out. For sure. And I would say if you're gonna stack up like where gravity racing is with like road racing and triathlete racing yeah it's like okay well maybe i don't have the background in the years of 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 miles but i have the technical ability and maybe i have the stubbornness so it's like to those does that combination work or is it the combination of the triathlete with that then learns the skills that then you know it's like nobody knows yet exactly what's going to work no and that's (laughs) so that's so beautifully put because like just like you said, I think even, I don't know if you said it in the podcast or before we started, but like, you know, you and Pete, like, didn't really know each other, but you met and you were like, oh, you know, you were in the world tour. I did world cups. Like you did this. I did that. Like, it's so crazy to think like at some world championships, like we're just passing by each other, you know, but we would never meet. We would never communicate. We would probably never see each other. And like, I don't know who's riding mountain bikes. I don't know who's doing gravity. I don't know who's doing what but I know who's doing track and I kind of know who's doing road. And it's probably the same for you. Like you don't really know who's doing the road, but you know, who's doing the mountain bike side of things or short track side. So it's kind of interesting to think about, like there's this team USA that doesn't really compile, but yet come gravel day. Yeah. You know, I've had gravity racers. I've had mountain bike racers. I've had, you know, road cyclists, track cyclists all on this podcast. And I think it's literally because of gravel. And so it's kind of (laughs) interesting to think about. It's the glue that's, yeah, that's it's bringing glue. it all together. It's the yeah, glue. It's, it's a, and that's, that's something that definitely uh, enticed me. Just a bit of background on my first race, gravel race, was BWR San Diego, what, 2019? Yeah. So I've said this before in a different podcast, but essentially yeah. I just wanted to finish. It took me like nine or 10 hours. I made some really great friends. We rode 70 miles together. I didn't know who they were. Um, we stay in touch now. Yeah, that's cool. (laughs) And um, that's another thing with this gravel racing is you have so much time on the bike to uh, make friends or suffer or you know you just don't know what's going to happen with track racing like you did or downhill racing like I did. I had five, four, maybe six minutes. Yeah. Not only so many things are going to happen. Yeah. You know, in that time period. Yeah, I mean, like. Well, it's funny too, just talking about handling in itself, like you'd probably ride away from me just handling, but if I had a straight road, it'd be a different story. Cause like, I literally got <laughs> dropped. I don't know. Did you do mid South this year? No, I didn't. Uh, That's when the think, craziness started to hit. I think I was still the desk jockey. So uh, <laughs> I wasn't, yeah. yeah, I saw the yeah. pictures and the, the drama that unfolded. Yeah. Well, like literally I was, I was in it. I was, I was, I was with the, I was with the big dogs and then we hit the single track and Mm -hmm. I was no longer to be found. I, that, that's not my forte. I'm used to just turning left once, but anyway, that's, that's like the only thing I can do and handle, uh, when it starts like doing all these crazy turns and downhills and rock drops, I'm pretty much out. Um, you know, to, to Pete's point, like now that just really like exemplifies he doesn't really have a technical riding background. I don't think if you're a road rider racer, right? I mean, yes and no. Like some of the best bike handlers that I know, and it's probably because I don't know very many gravity racers and and so on and so forth. 
but like from Perry Roubaix, like those classic styles of riders that have raced in Europe where they're like super close with people, they just know how to get in and out of holes. Um, mm. And they know how to maneuver the bike a little bit more. Now, I guess if you threw them in the woods and made it go down, like it could be a completely different story, but it's like, yeah, it's the finagling of the bike uh, through a group of people on a, on an altered terrain is where I think like a lot of those guys are pretty good. Oh, um, that, that makes sense. I'm still trying to figure out again. I feel like it's a game of what, what type of athlete from what background is going to be the ultimate gravel yeah. combination. Who knows? Like, <laughs> part of me, part of me feels like Payson is kind of hitting the nail on the head. But then again, like Colin, like Colin's a kind of a mixture of all Colin Strickland. And then yeah. like, mm-hmm. um, Allison Tetrick, I think another one, but I think she has a pretty big road background, but, uh, who's the, I can't think of the girl that's on orange seal. She's a mountain bike girl, um, small girl. Um, but she's a ripper too. Um, and yeah, they haven't really brought any cycle cross riders in yet. It's just I'm kind of shocked about. So it's Tracy Mosley, and okay. we rode some laps together, and it was terrifying um, because you have no brakes. Yeah, which was no coasting I almost, either. I almost showed up with the full face helmet on, like I was that convinced that I we might slide down or something, you know, because you get up so well, high. Well, sliding down, it, it's honestly the slow ones that get you the worst. But sliding mm-hmm. down, it's usually just ass cheeks and shoulders that you are gonna lose and you're just wearing you're just wearing a skin suit so yeah Yeah. i was like this is not doesn't seem very safe so i did have a good time doing it but now with the road more road riding i've been doing i'm like okay i could enjoy it more yeah no for sure (laughs) so cool so what's um so just kind of diving in and like kind of closing up the podcast um we do our segment and that is, if you could have a cup of coffee with one person, dead or alive, who would that person be? Um, what kind of beverage would you have? Like, what kind of coffee? Black, you know, latte, whatever. And uh, why? I'm going to stick with my first choice that came to mind. Yeah. And her name is Marla Streb. People okay. may or may not know her. Uh, I was on a team with her for three or four years. It's a, the Luna team, which is now the Cliff Bar team. Okay. She, she was a huge influence in my life as okay. a, I think what I met her when I was 16, maybe 15, and then got to travel with her and, and race with her. And she's super smart. Used to be a scientist. I think did AIDS research before becoming a mountain biker. And I had the most fun times traveling with this person. I have not seen them. Yeah. In probably now 12 years, maybe seven. But um, I believe she's on the East Coast. Sweet. And if you guys don't know who this person is, definitely look her up. Uh, interesting individual, let alone pretty talented athlete in the beginning of the mountain bike craze. Awesome. No, that's <laughs> so cool. the, the, co- the coffee would just probably be an Americano. Americano. Is there like a specialty bean or anything that you would have, or is it just like, yeah, I just need an Americano? Some I mean, people lately get, I've been, yeah, I know they weigh it. And the yeah, some people get fancy and, and weird about it. So I just, I always ask. 
I mean, honestly, if it was with Marla, we'd probably put like a shot of Bailey's in it or something. <laughs> right on, right on. But um, she's not too picky either. It's just like, Sweet. you know, it's it's a watered down espresso. It's There you go. You guys, you can't be too picky if you're going to water it down. Well, no. Well, thank you so much, Kathy. And I really appreciate it. And I wish you the best of luck. And hopefully I get to run into you and Ryan. And uh, yeah, we could do some travel vlogs and some cool stuff. And I can see you guys and maybe we get to race together. And hopefully this vaccine comes through. That's all the craze right now in the news. But other than that, be safe, stay healthy. And thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate it. Cheers. Yeah, thank you.